0: This episode is brought to you by Michael's Business English, the online language school for busy English language learning professionals. Learn more at michaelsbusinessenglish.com. You are listening to the International Careers Show, a podcast dedicated to supporting international students, professionals, and business owners. We'll be diving into case studies of people just like you, as well as talking to thought leaders and experts to learn more about how global citizens can navigate and achieve success all over the world. I'm your host, Michael Rincon, a former six-figure analytic consultant turned ESL instructor and career coach and the founder of Michael's Business English. Building an international career is hard work. So if you're looking for help, you're in the right place. Hey, welcome back to the International Career Show. I'm your host, Michael Rincon, and today's episode is How Rejection Changed the Course of My Career with Basant Shenouda. So Basant is an international speaker and founder of Basant Blast, a professional training and coaching company that supports job seekers become less fearful and more resourceful towards their career and personal development. Originally from Egypt, she's done over 30 speaking engagements, including an online presence workshop at the Cologne Microsoft offices. Welcome, Basant.
1: Hi Michael, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself in terms of background, education and experience?
1: Absolutely. So um, as you said, I'm originally from Egypt and I'm 23 years old. Five years ago, I moved to Germany to pursue my degree in marketing. And ever since I've just been evolving and growing um, from a student to a professional, I found that my purpose in life is to help people become more resourceful and less fearful um, in making opportunities for themselves because that's such a big uh, theme almost of my whole life. In general, I've always taken rejection and just shortcomings as a way to evolve and grow. And that's why I love to help people do the exact same thing. Um, so I'm a content creator. I love helping people do that online. Um, I'm a career coach, like you mentioned, and, uh, a future sales professional, which is something I'm very excited about.
0: That's amazing. I love that. Um, I loved how you talked about how your purpose is to help, um, people, you know, become more resourceful, less fearful, because that was a theme of your life. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about, um, what made you choose Germany? So you're from Egypt. Why did you choose to study in Germany five years ago when all there's all these other countries you can go to?
1: Good, really good question. Um, I decided to go to Germany predominantly because everywhere else was so expensive, to be frank. So I, I do come from an American background, like I went to an American school.
0: Okay. Um,
1: but America is too expensive when it comes to tuition and everything else that comes with it, North America in general. So I actually almost ended up in Canada, Um, but Germany just had the full package, amazing standard of living, really low tuition. So just a couple hundred Euro. Um, I also kind of wanted to challenge myself almost. So I was really, like I said, used to the American system. I know the language already. Um, it didn't seem like much of a challenge and I love challenging myself. Looking back at it, it might've been too big of a challenge. It was a whole new um, language, a whole new culture, um, a whole new education system. And that's something a lot of people don't think about. Um, but yeah, that's generally why I chose Germany and I wouldn't have changed a thing, to be honest.
0: No, I think that's awesome. And I think you made some really good highlights about Germany and about America. So we we'll to talk about that a little bit because a lot mm-hmm. of people realize like yeah America is expensive it's a great country I love America but um, one of the right. reasons teachers I didn't want to stay here like the cost of living is too high and so when yeah. I was like, go overseas I looked at different countries and I found Taiwan which was you know I had never thought of going to Taiwan but I found it and it made sense to me and I think it's good to highlight other countries that maybe uh, most people don't think about everyone wants to come to America everyone wants to come to Canada in my opinion you talk to most yeah. that seems to be the case and I think Getting to highlight other countries, like Germany sounds awesome, but it has the full package, as you said. Um, the, the cost of living is uh, amazing. The tuition is uh, really good. Um, and it sounds like the culture was awesome as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. How did you like Taiwan? That's also like a very different experience, I think.
0: Oh, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I came back because of COVID, and I wanted to be with my family, but I wanna go back mm. to Taiwan as this pandemic ends. Mm. Can you talk a little bit more about your experience in Germany? I remember in one of your posts you talked about um, when you first got there, you started having doubts because especially with the language it was a big challenge for you. What was that experience like for you?
1: <laughs> That's, it's funny because like I said, it was much harder than I anticipated. I think growing up in one place for 18 years made me really think that, I don't know, I couldn't imagine it until I actually did it. So when I did come, I was like, oh, Right, A language is actually really really hard to like maneuver around. Um, it, it was definitely tough. I struggled with visa um, for a long time. So I actually ended up in university like a month and a half late. Um, mm. So I actually arrived in the mid of exams without any lectures being attended, which was really tough. Um, and, and on top of it, I come from a more conservative culture. Um, that's very different than Western culture. So that in itself was really difficult for me as well. Uh, A lot of people don't talk about culture shock, but I experienced it to the max, to be honest. Um, I laugh a bit about it now, but at the time it wasn't so fun. (laughs) Um, And in general, just um, maneuvering the culture, maneuvering paperwork, it was a lot, but I, I grew so much from the experience. And I think because of what I'd gone through, um, it taught me the importance of having values and staying true to yourself. I think when you're surrounded by people who are completely different than you, um, you start to want to be like them. And I think it just made me much more convinced of myself and who I am, um, just because I could see like, my values. I could see like what I stand for is important to me. I should stick by it, even if it's difficult at the moment. Um, but yeah, totally worth it. I-, I would do it all over again if I could.
0: No, I love that. I love how you talked about culture shock because of a lot of people, I like feel like dismiss it. It's not that big of a deal. And I, I don't think they realize how dramatic it can feel. I love how you talked about how you experienced it to the max. And I love how it sounds, your strategy seems like um, you uh, you wanted to get accumulated. You wanted to be like other students that were in there, which is a common what I've seen with a lot of my students as well. Um, mm-hmm. But eventually you you uh, decided to, you you figured out you had to stick with your values Be true to yourself. And that's what really allowed you to overcome the culture shock and thrive in Germany.
1: Absolutely. I think there's so much stress in general, like even if you're not an international student, to have to be like everyone else around you. But I think when you have certain strengths or certain like certain things that you go through. So I go through a lot of visa issues. I'm very open about that because it's an experience that's not talked a lot about, it's important to open up and stay true to yourself and try not to like um, assimilate. Um, in general, don't try and be like other people. You are your own story. And I think it's so powerful that international students have a different experience that no one else has, um, because that's so special. A lot of people always say, I don't have a story, but when, you have an, uh, when you're an international student, you have so many incredible stories, and we shouldn't n- need to want to like change any of those. That's how I think.
0: I think that's a great concept. You are your own story. I think that's a great takeaway. Um, and I think it's important to appreciate that a lot of people don't realize uh, some of their challenges are actually what make them who they are.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. I love that.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about your journey getting into LinkedIn, getting um, the offer, the process for that?
1: Oh, it was long. (laughs) (laughs) It was a super long process. It took me, I started job hunting in 2018 in August. I only received my offer in January 2020. So you can imagine the whole process was super long. And when I started, I didn't know anything about resumes. I didn't know anything about interviewing or what I needed to do to um, stand out from everyone else and like how to reach my dreams. And I think part of the problem of me not starting early was because I wasn't aware of what potential I had. Um, And that only started when a Facebook recruiter reached out to me via LinkedIn. Um, and asked me to um, travel out to their offices in Berlin to uh, speak to them and get to know more about the program. And only then did I realize that I can do anything I wanted. For a long time, I always said like, oh, these big companies are really far away. Um, I don't know what I wanna do, all these things. But I think just having a goal for yourself and really, really—I I, I don't know how to say it, like keeping your eye on it, regardless of what happens is super powerful. And it's so important for all of us to see that value in ourselves and really push forward. Um, And a lot of my problems stemmed from, first off, miseducation. I didn't know anything about recruitment, but because I started early, I had time to learn. So one thing I always recommend people is, take your time with it, start really early. So when you do get rejected, which is very likely, you'll have time to kind of reroute yourself. So spending the time to like do that was super important and um, having goals was also very important. And I actually got rejected from LinkedIn the first time I applied. Um, So I I went to a marketing conference, I met with a recruiter who worked at LinkedIn um, who invited me to their offices as well in Munich. And from there um, I applied to the position and I got instantly (laughs) rejected. And uh, from there, I always expected that rejection is the end of everything. I always thought like, when you get rejected from a company, it's a game over, that's it. Um, (laughs) You can't apply for like years to come. And I don't know why I had that perception, but I think a lot of people do as well. Um, So I just uh, kept applying to other places. I gained a lot of experience when it comes to applying, how to interview, how to network, which is the most important one. And from there, after I got rejected from everything again, I was really scared graduating with a limited um, time visa being like, what am I going to do now? Um, And just someone reached out to me, I was interviewing with, and he said, you know, you have so much potential, you can't stop here. You need to try again. You were super close on your first try with all these companies, try again. And honestly, I don't know what would have happened if he hadn't reached out to me and told me all of this, but I took some time off. I did an internship, got some experience. And lo and behold, one morning I woke up and I saw that LinkedIn was hiring for um, an Arabic role, which is my mother tongue, um, specifically in BLP, which is their graduate program. And it was like, a <laughs> sign from heaven, that it, I, like I was ready for this now. And because it was in Arabic, it meant that they were going to be sponsoring visas, which was one of my big problems at the beginning. And I interviewed, I applied, and it, it all went well, and I got offered a job. It's been incredible.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's, a love that story. I mean, i got so many things I want to talk about. So the first thing I think <laughs> was that I really, this is, this shocked me actually, was that mm-hmm. you mentioned that you didn't know anything about the job search. You didn't know about resumes, you didn't know about interviews. Um, how did you learn how to, the, uh, the job search stuff, the resumes, interviews, the networking?
1: Yeah, super good question. Um, first off, I was researching a ton Um, So it wasn't just me doing trial and error, which was a big part of the process, but it was me just learning at time. I was making sure I was just watching a lot of videos, always like educating myself, speaking to other people who are going through the process, etc. A huge part of it is you need to pile through a lot of misinformation because recruitment just has a lot of subjectivity and what works for you might not work for someone else. Um, So I made sure I was always learning, but at the same time doing a lot of trial and error. Um, So when it comes to my resume, for example, I was constantly adjusting it, making sure um, that it, like for every single job, I was putting in a ton of effort and I really changed my perspective from um, like, one of numbers to one of quality. So it wasn't about how much I was applying, it was about the quality of my applications. So that's one thing I did. Um, and I also made sure when I was interviewing, I was really developing relationships with people constantly. And I think that's what really set me apart. It wasn't about me um, spotlighting just myself, it was help like really getting to know people and really connecting with them above just applying and all. And there were so many people in the process that helped me out just because I took time to get to know them. And um, just the, the, I think the biggest part of recruitment is just relationship building. And I think because I focused on that and really also focused on trial and error, um, that's what really set me apart. And that's what got the process like rolling for me.
0: I love that. I love how you talked about it. it wasn't just like, you know, going out there and mass applying, but it was one trial and error, meaning you learn from the rejections, but also you did the research. You spoke to people, you went online. And I think the best part about this was that you pointed out a lot of the recruitment process subjectivity. So you'll see on LinkedIn, tons of people give advice, but you'll see people saying that's not true because this other thing is true. And it's like, well, what's the correct thing? Um, I saw-
1: So you need to find out what works for you for sure. Um, I think a good example of this is I saw a LinkedIn post a few days ago where someone was saying, um, oh, don't put the word graduate in your headline. And I just looked at this and I was like, a Facebook recruiter invited me to their offices because I had the word graduate in my headline. So I think for students, it's beyond important to try as much as possible, do trial and error and see what works for you specifically. I think also as international students, a lot of things don't work for us. We need to kind of find ways to hack the system um so yeah just everyone needs to be careful
0: (laughs) no that's awesome thank you for pointing that out like someone says do this and then you did the opposite and it worked for you so very exactly okay can you tell us a little bit more about some of the challenges international students in particular face you've been talking about like the time the ticking time i think it's called because you're on a visa Mm. you have to get something done before the time runs out as an example and culture shock in germany was a great example as well
1: Biggest issue, Ah, what to pick, what to pick. (laughs) I think as an an international student, you just have so many things kind of like blocking your way. To be frank, and I think that's super unfortunate, but I remember there was an internship I almost got, and I was actually picked to be the person who um, would get the internship, but because the person who was hiring didn't know anything about paperwork, they were just like, oh, I can't be bothered with this. Um, like it, we are honestly just not picked because of where we're from. And I think that's such a big hurdle to go, um, to jump like on um, when you're struggling so much. So it really, when I was recruiting, people were just rejecting me because of um, my nationality. And that kind of blows your mind a bit when you're um, doing your best. Cause it's like, it's not my skills. It's not my personality. It's not my experience. It's literally where I was born. Um, And you could even spend your whole life like in a different country and that doesn't matter. Um, And I think that's insane, especially because there's the buzzwords of work right now are basically diversity and inclusion. And we really are not equipping ourselves with tools or the processes, um, both like, in so many countries and in companies where we can allow individuals to really thrive without having to worry about where they're from. Um, But I can go on a tangent about this for hours. Um, uh, I just think international students specifically need to learn how to hack the system, like I said. So get referrals, relationship build, really perfect every part of the recruitment process. And I know it's super hard to have the perfect resume, the perfect interviews, keeping track with 100 plus people and maintain relationships with them, apply everywhere. I think it's more exhausting when you're an international student, because like I said, you have so many hurdles. But um, I think when you really spotlight yourself as the perfect candidate in everything you do, it is a possibility for you to make it through. I know it's super difficult, but it's just a matter of keeping persistent and playing the game smart, if that makes sense.
0: No, I, I love that. I love um, you talk about hacking the system. Everyone is wants to apply online because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but the, the truth is that if you do that, you're just it is something I read in the book Power Guys. I don't know if you've read mm. that author was someone who worked as at Monster.com. It's one of the uh, headhunters there. And one thing he pointed out in his experience as a recruiter and as a headhunter was that a lot of companies will reject you, like you said, because of where you're from. It doesn't matter what your education is, it doesn't matter what skills you have, you could be the best candidate by far and away, but uh, I love how you talked about this. You got rejected from uh, one opportunity because the person didn't know the process for sponsoring your visa, and he just didn't want to take the time to learn it, so that's why he rejected you, which is awful. Yeah. But, uh, that's also the truth, and the truth will help you um, deal with this so you can actually you know, get the results you want.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So you talk a lot about rejection stories on LinkedIn and on YouTube. Can you explain mm-hmm. how and why you talk about rejection so frequently?
1: Uh, so I, you know, I didn't think about this question until you sent it to me. <laughs> um, it, it just comes naturally, I think, because it's such a huge part of my life. I think even just growing up um, back home, I'm a very petite person. I have a very squeaky voice um, in general, a lot of people don't make much of me. So um, a lot of the time in life, I've just been rejected purely on that, like assumptions people make about me. Um, when I arrived in Germany, I got rejected a lot because I'm very different, um, which is totally OK. Um, I think that's a reflection of the people around you, not you. And just, it's just a very common theme in my life. And also I think in my job hunting process, I failed a lot. Like I cannot count the amount of times I've been rejected or um, ghosted or any of these like things that people associate with failure. Um, and I'm still rejected every day, which I've really embraced as a part of the process and really a part of growing as a person. And it doesn't bother me anymore. But it bothers everyone else still because they still haven't gone through that. And I've, it's just something that comes naturally to me to share all the time and, some, and something that resonates with a lot of people because we've all gotten rejected. It's like a common theme in life. Um, and I always tell people like you need to a huge part of your personal brand is your experiences, um, it's your personality and your skills and a, a lot of things. But it really comes down to what you're experiencing. And you can see that a lot of other content creators predominantly speak about like their niche and their specific experience. Um, and yeah, it resonates with people. It's a huge part of me. And that's what I speak about it a lot.
0: No, I appreciate it. Cause I, I feel like a lot of people do the opposite, especially on LinkedIn. Um, I see a lot of people talking about success, the results they're getting, like how great they are. And it's, that's good. I think it's good to, you know, celebrate successes, but Um, I don't think a lot of people take the time to talk about their rejections. They don't take the time to talk about, like for example, you talked about the culture shock in Germany, you talked about your journey Mm -hmm. of LinkedIn, you got rejected multiple times. And yet, um, one of the things that came up, I think a recruiter told you this, half of the team has actually been rejected from here before, including me. The circumstances just didn't line up this time. Use our feedback and try again. I I love that you share these stories because I think like you said, most people can't handle rejection. and, and, not, and not just in career, but in life, but especially since we're talking about career, I think um, oh. I have a situation right now. Um, she got upset because one of her coworkers made fun of her because mm. she's not social. And it, it, we spent an entire hour just processing that. Um, mm. It was crazy, but it's like, you can see how powerful rejection is for a lot of people, it deeply affects them.
1: It is. And I think when it comes to um, when you're straight out of college, a huge part of it is you haven't experienced rejection in that way before. Um, so I, I think I mentioned earlier that I never thought you could try again after failing, which boggles my mind thinking about it now. But I think when you're in university, when you fail, you fail like there's no coming out of it. And you can really kind of how to say it. Like you can kind of maneuver your way around not failing. So if you put in enough hours to do this, um, you'll get this. If you put more hours, your grade will improve. It's a more like straightforward system almost, like grading and university. And then you you graduate and you get out of that and you see that you can put in 50 hours of work. You can be the most hardworking person in the room, but you're an international student. Your paperwork is a hurdle. Um, there's all these other weird stuff like circumstances as well and then you notice that hard work isn't the only thing that matters anymore and it's tough it's tough it's a super like hard pill to swallow but it's important that we talk about it because so people notice so I wouldn't have known that rejection is normal if no one had told me um so I want to be that person who says what you're going through is completely normal what you're going through is part of the process success isn't linear as much as LinkedIn wants us to think that um, because everyone just posts, like you said, about just like the happy stuff. And that's not life in my opinion.
0: No, I appreciate that. I loved how you talked about how college works versus how reality works. And I learned this lesson, the hard way too. Um, mm-hmm. in college, like you said, you can just work really hard. You can just, you can, if you just work hard enough, you can, you know, pass. It's all about studying. It's all about memorizing. both memorization. Like I I took seven years of Spanish in high school and college. I don't, yeah. you don't know, right. I, I learned just enough to pass. In reality, once you graduate, like the hard work isn't sufficient, like you said, because it's not, success isn't linear. As you pointed out, you have to hack the system. You can't just be like, um, work hard, hard, hard because that won't work anymore.
1: Yeah, but you know it's a normal part of growing up. Like you said, I went through it, you went through it. It's it's normal growing pains. Um and I think we shouldn't blame ourselves for being this way specifically because we've been in school for 18 years. That's all we've known so far and all of a sudden we're in this crazy world where um you need to be super smart about things you don't know about. So it's it's super tough, but um that's why we need to speak about it.
0: Okay, so you were a mentee of one salting from Jonathan uh, Javier. What was that like? What was that experience like? How did that help you?
1: Oh, I'm still a mentee and <laughs> Jonathan's my my homie. Um, um, we I met Jonathan um, online about a year ago and mentors have been such a huge part of my life. Not just Jonathan, I can name Tim Salao has been a huge part of my life. Um, People who are even younger than me, there's a student called Blessing Adogam on uh, LinkedIn who completely changed my life. Um, I think LinkedIn is such a powerful tool to get to meet mentors like Jonathan and Blessing and Tim who can really change your life because they're kind of opening, once they learn something, they're opening doors for others as well to come in with them, which I think is incredible. And Jonathan and Juan Salting have been super helpful to me like launching my business and just learning how to see my value because I can undermine myself as many people do. And Jonathan is such a diamond, seriously. He's always really looking out for people, um, really being a giver. Um, And I think it's Juan Salting is incredible. I love working with them and being part of that community. Um, just yesterday when I held my webinar, like all of them came and were like in the comments and it, I, I love having them not just as, um, like an, my part of my network, but also really close friends, really super close friends.
0: That's amazing. I love um, how you talked about how, um, I apologize. I, I my information is wrong, that you still are a men, a mentee. That's good to know. No, oh, no worries. Uh, but I love how you talked about how you can learn lessons, not just from like, they can be from anyone. So, someone younger than you gave you insights that you might not have gotten on your own. So, that's, that's a really good insight there that um, age isn't a factor in mentorship.
1: Not at all. Um, I think with Blessing, she, that's so funny. I always think about if Blessing did it right on LinkedIn, I don't know where I would be, like, actually because when she started posting on LinkedIn and sharing her story, I started sharing my story and that opened all my doors, seriously. Like everything that's happened to me just far is because of blessing. So I always encourage people, you never know whose life you're gonna change. And I think people, when they're posting, they think about um, LinkedIn as a one-sided thing, no one's really listening, all of these things, but you're literally changing lives and you should look at it that way and write with that perspective.
0: I love that talk a little bit more about what prompted your thought for business Basant Blast?
1: Um, sure, um, it's when I noticed there's a huge gap in people understanding how to make opportunities for themselves and um, a huge number of people don't know how to hack the system like we spoke before. And with Basant Blast, I don't just teach people this kind of very generic, um, just very simple tips on recruitment. It's a big experience on gaining confidence, um, really showcasing your value as a student and an international and expat. Um, I, I, I also work with a lot of minorities. I work with, I've recently held a workshop for Nigerians who are deaf, which is an incredible experience to get to impact that way. I've also recently also held a workshop for female entrepreneurs and how they can create opportunities for themselves. Um, I just love helping people really thrive. And I think so much of what we can do to reach our potential isn't tapped into because we're all scared. Um, And I just want people to be more resourceful. I want to teach them how to use tools more efficiently and really how to really thrive and make the most out of everything. So that's where a blast happened. (laughs)
0: No, I think it's awesome, and I love it because you've done, especially considering how young you are, you've done a lot of work, um, both on LinkedIn, on YouTube, as well as in multiple workshops. I don't know a lot of people who are your age who have have done as much as you've done, so I think it's incredible that you have started this practice and you're helping people out all over the world.
1: Thank you, Michael. It's very nice of you. (laughs) Um, I think it stems from my desire to just, i like I've worked a lot, I've done a lot of internships, I've done so much, but this has been different. Um, to be honest, it's very tiring work, I have to say, but I've never felt this much fulfillment and this much happiness just helping people. And I think when you find that kind of purpose for you and know what where your strengths lie and how you can really use them to not just impact yourself, but impact others, that's when you're gonna do a lot of work and you're gonna put a lot of effort. Uh, I think, but yeah, find what brings you fulfillment because the percent blast definitely does.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to uh, point that out. Okay, so what final thoughts do you have to help motivate international students to get started or to take their career development to the next level, especially the networking?
1: Ooh, um, network with people as people and not their positions. I think when you kind of, um, disassociate the fact that this person has a specific job, that's when you're gonna start being more empathetic, more creative in how you reach out, and just more of a giver. So I always say, don't think of a recruiter as a recruiter, think of it as a person who's reached out to by, like a lot of people reach out to them. Um. So I, when I was job hunting, I actually offered to help a recruiter and finding specific candidates. And we're still extremely close because I offered to help her and I, it wasn't just a transactional relationship. Make friends with people, don't treat them as their positions. Um, I, I remember I worked at Intel for a few months and um, <laughs> I, I made friends with the CMO at Intel just because I would walk up to her and just start speaking to her and everyone would say like, "Percent how are you speaking to the CMO so casually? Like all the other interns. and. It's because I treated people as people and I didn't, I don't know how to say it, but like um, make myself smaller by thinking of this person as a bigger person than me. Of course, it's important to have respect. That's not what I'm saying, but I just mean, don't make yourself super small. And I think this will kind of reflect in your interviewing, for example. So a lot of students go into interviewing thinking it's like a, transactional, one-sided, I am desperate for this job. But when you make it a two-sided experience where you're treating people as people, um, that's when your personality is really gonna shine and you're gonna want this job, but also understand that they want to hire you as well. So regardless of your circumstances and regardless of uh, what you're going through, always stay true to your potential and um, treat people with kindness.
0: No, I think that's awesome. I loved how you talked about it, like, um, and the words you use. Like a lot of people uh, think of themselves as um, less than, or you as you said, make make myself smaller and make them bigger. Um, another way we might say that is we put people on a pedestal and yes. put them like like gods, like you know, please please uh, accept us. And it's like I loved how you talked about how you just approached CMO casually because even though yeah, she's an executive, very high level position and. Uh, you're an intern that's not necessarily a high level position uh, you're still people right i think that's a really good mindset to have and it, I think it has helped you a lot and i think I especially love how you you talked about how you offer you offered to help a recruiter uh, find candidates for uh, that person that recruiter's position which is like I don't think anyone very mm-hmm. generous
1: thank you <laughs> I tried
0: <laughs> all right uh, Basant, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you and work with you
1: Absolutely. You can. I respond to all my messages on LinkedIn. So you can reach out to me on Basent Shinoda. And my email is basentblast B-A-S-A-N-T and then blast at gmail.com. So definitely reach out. I'd love to get to know you and to learn more about your story and see how we can really put your potential on full blast.
0: Oh, I love that. That's a great way to end the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Basant.
1: Thank you for having me, Michael. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the international career show for all the show notes and resources listed for this episode, head over to michaelsbusinessenglish.com forward slash podcast. If you like this episode, please leave a review on Apple podcasts and let us know what you liked so we can continue improving the show. If you'd like to interact with me and other fans of the show, join our private community, check the show notes for details on how to get in. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is your host, Michael Rincon, signing off.